Hi, I'm Bran, and I love Hallmark Christmas movies. Hey, I'm Panda, and I like Hallmark Christmas movies. I'm Dan, and I despise Hallmark Christmas movies. I'm Alonzo, and I'm frittering away my holiday season on Hallmark Christmas movies. And this is the Deck the Hallmark Podcast. Boy, oh boy! Day. It wouldn't be the holidays. There's some sense. It? There's some sensibility. There's some snowman, and there's some Alonzo Duralde. Oh, Alonzo, welcome back to the pod. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. How, yeah. how are you feeling? You know, we're uh, we're a little over the halfway point at this point. How are you feeling? Are you uh, are you alive? Are you kicking? Uh, you know, I'm asking myself the big questions about, uh, w- you know, w- what is getting my time and uh, my energy uh, in, in this year's spate. I got to say, I'm like, did I, did I make the right decision? Are we doing, are we moving in the right direction? What's happening, Hallmark? Do you, uh, what are you doing to me? You know, Alonzo, you cover, you know, you're the head film editor for therap.com and, and you cover all the big award winners, the Oscar bait movies. You did a piece on the Irishman being on Netflix versus on the big screen. And then you watch Hallmark Christmas movies. Do you ever just say, man, I want something that's just mediocre? <laughs> <laughs> just like, you know. Uh, you know, it's funny. People talk about like having different hats that they wear. And like, yeah, this is another hat for sure. You know, because uh, like I'm, I'm a member of Los Angeles Film Critics Association. We vote on Sunday. I'm like trying to cram in all of the like movies that were at Cannes this year that I haven't gotten to yet. Like today I'm going to see portrait of a lady on fire but first i have to talk about sense sensibility and snowman <laughs> <That's right. laughs> the important things happen first that's right uh, the aaron craco luke mcfarland joint is that's what right talk about first. um and that's alonzo right. we got to hang out with you at a christmas con you got to sell your book a very mo- uh have yourself, yourself a movie, movie little, little christmas, christmas which is a uh, fantastic you sold out um at christmas con you can which get it on amazon you can highly recommend um and i think my big question i always try to think of like a good uh christmas movie question for you and I think uh, everybody has the the movies that they watch every year you got your home alones you've got your uh, Santa Clauses you've got your Christmas story what is a movie that you don't think gets enough uh, play during the holidays that people uh, maybe they're looking for a new uh, Christmas classic what should they throw into their rotation this year that maybe they haven't seen before well, I mean, there's a ton of them. That's the, kind of one of the things for, that I wrote the book for was to sort of be like, hey, there's a lot of amazing movies out there that don't get into the big heavy rotation every year that are worth checking out. Uh, one that just popped up on Netflix that I'm going to throw out is a comedy called Unaccompanied Minors. Yeah. Um, and it's actually, you know, Paul Feig is out in theaters this year with Last Christmas. This is his first Christmas movie. And it's about a group of children who are traveling from one divorced parent to the other for the holidays. They get snowed into an airport in the Midwest and hijinks ensue. I love it. it. It's a fun little movie. I have not seen it. It's surprisingly fun. When I saw the trailer, I remember going, that looks terrible. The movie is you would love. How have you not seen it? I haven't seen it. It's on Netflix. Let's watch it. I'll watch it. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch it. I haven't seen it either. Yeah. Yeah. And. Oh, no, no, you know, no. I was just going to say, I did not know Paul Feig directed that. It just seems like a de- departure for him. Yeah. Well, and it has like, it has a ton of like people from the office making cameos, the kids in three of three out of the, or four out of the five, but most of the kids in the hall make a, yeah. a cameo appearance. There's like a lot of cool comedy people, you know, uh, uh, several Jessica Walter and, and mm. some other folks from Arrested Development. Yeah. So, 
like he, he he peppers movies with these great cameos. The kids in the middle are are all really great, including the the kid from uh, Bad Santa. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Love, love it. it. Love uh, it. And then quickly, uh, you've uh, you're pretty much caught up on the Hallmark movies. Maybe Thanksgiving was a little bit tough. Do you have a favorite so far uh, this season from the Hallmark slate? Yeah, I am totally team two turtle doves. Yeah. Uh, I showed 10 minutes of the, that movie to my husband who hates these things more than Dan does. Mm. Like he thinks Dan lets them off too easy. <laughs> and I showed him the muddy buddy scene where the dad and the daughter talk about how they miss mommy at Christmas and how it's okay to be sad about it. And Dave was like, how did this get through? How did Hallmark allow this on? Like there's actual writing going on here yeah. and actual acting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a getting. It's a getting. Uh, it's time to talk about snow sensibility and uh, no, sen- sensibility, sensibility and, and snowmen. What did I say? Snow, snow sensibility and snowmen. And just sensemen and sensemen. <laughs> in in my defense, this it's not a it's not a great name. It's a terrible name. It's like worse than the, Christmas wishes and mistletoe kisses. Well, the character is Dashwood, which comes from the novel Sense and Sensibility. But that would be like if we named a character McLean and called it a Die Hard Christmas. Like yeah. that, it doesn't hold up. Like none of that works. I just don't understand why they keep going back to, to the, the Jane Austen. To the Jane Austen. One. It, I love it. Okay, uh, <laughs> I think it adds some new dimensions and a, a new way to watch the film. This is Sorry, this is closer to the Jane Austen novels they're quoting than either Christmas at Pemberley Manor or Pride, Prejudice, and Mistletoe. We got to put that out there just from the jump. Yes, technically it is. It it gets one percent of the way there. (laughs) It's getting it's getting better. Uh, uh, Since Sensibility and Snowman originally aired on November thirtieth, I believe, two thousand nineteen, and it went a little something like this. Uh, Ella and Marianne are party planners who throw parties for smaller companies. Uh, we then meet Edward. He's a big boss man. That's their words, not mine in this case. Uh, Marianne just broke up with her boyfriend, Wilby. Uh, Ella bumps into Edward and they make uh, uncomfortable small talk about paintings and ties. Uh, Edward is the CEO of a big toy company. Um, and to uh, the, he, he's trying to get... Uh, these European big dogs on board to get his toys into that's right into the European store uh, and to do so he decides to throw a Christmas party to show them uh, that he loves Christmas which he doesn't really uh, when Ella overhears that they're throwing a party she offers to throw it for him and he agrees Marianne isn't really on board with this why didn't you talk to me about this first well uh, yeah we're stressed too thin uh, there's too much to do with the other parties and she's already booked so Ella kind of uh, takes this party and she's going to run with this one. Uh, she finds herself hanging out with Edward a lot, going to uh, tree lightings and decorating his house for him. And while they're complete opposites, they both are feeling something for each other. Uh, Ella gets a, uh, an offer to join a f- uh, a friend as a screenwriting partner. Is that right? Something about screenwriting? Sure. Or something like yeah. that. Uh, and she's tempted to do it. Maybe she doesn't want to be a professional party planner. <laughs> Maybe she wants to be a screenwriter. Um, but when Marianne finds out, she's really mad. You did what? Huh? Uh, she convinces Edward to stop taking uh, his job so seriously and to, to bring kids in as a focus group for toys. Um, and his dad, the old CEO, is not happy about that you you're bringing kids in to play with toys what um 
she then gets really bad news. She lost the venue that the party was going to be held at. Um, he, uh, so he, he's then, he's like, no big deal. We'll figure this out. Uh, he gives her a necklace as a present, which is code for, I love you. Uh, she decides to just throw the party at his massive house. It's a big hit, uh, but not as big as his house. Uh, and he finds out that the European bigwigs have decided to carry his toys and all of their stores. Everybody's happy about it. Ella then gets sad when he, uh, when she sees him talking to his assistant and then she walks over and overhears him tell a board member that his party planners would be unsuitable for his party. So she storms out of the party uh, and won't take his calls. Guess who shows up on Christmas morning? It's Edward. And he explains that the reason why he said that he's, uh, that they are unsuitable for the party is because the board member is awful to work for and never pays his invoices on times. So he was really doing him a favor. And the assistant and him are just friends. And so he's like, I think that we're perfect together. And she's like, well, okay, that sounds nice. And so they go outside and they kiss and he shows her a scarf and that my friends was sense Sen- sensibility, sensibility and snowman yes we it is did it. uh yeah. guys we uh we have some segments i don't know if you guys are know what? you know about this we have segments to talk really? about How many? Get out um, of town. The, yeah we have four segments four okay. And we always start with the hot take. So you do know about them. I do. Okay. You guys said that you acted like you didn't know. What's and then weird you- is, is that even if I, like, whenever you say it, we always start with, my brain immediately says hot take. Yeah. And it's just a natural response. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah we yeah, always yeah. start with the hot take. Uh, you did. It was great. Yeah. Um, and I always start with one guy. He's the hottest taker. Um, mm-hmm. He takes things, uh, whether they're cold or they're hot, because that's just who he is. Yeah. Um, Panda, what did you think about this movie, buddy? Uh it's firmly in the middle to bottom for me. Uh, and here's why, because I, like, it's fine. It doesn't, it's not atrocious. It's not one of those movies where I, I sit there and I think to myself, like, I hate every second of it. Like it's passable. Uh, I love Aaron. She was great. Luke was great ish in this. Uh, I just, I don't know. It's kind of bland to me. I don't know why. Uh, there's a lot of wait, what's, in this movie, but like, it's fine if it's on, it's, it's great background noise, but like, man, there's nothing that stands out about this movie. Alonzo. Uh, wow. Okay. So when I said earlier that it hues closer to Jane Austen than the other two movies, that's only because the other two movies like don't do it at all. Just use some character names. This one has a tiny bit of thing, but for the most part, it also has nothing to do with Jane Austen. So let's be clear about that from the (laughs) get-go. hand on this one it's sort of like it's fine i mean i like i like aaron Craco, i like luke mcfarlane but they're cast strangely here like they she's the wacky bohemian which is not a great fit for her the pink eyeshadow it's like they're trying too hard to make her like you know free-spirited libertine you know (laughs) and McFarlane plays a lot of lawyers in these movies but they're usually like lawyers who are fun and cool and you know can wear a flannel shirt. He doesn't, he's not really selling me uptight, all business Joe (laughs) super well either. So I I feel like, like I could see this movie working with like Alicia Witt and, you know, like, uh, uh, the the guy from two turtle doves, uh, Michael Rady. I can see other actors maybe pulling this off a little better, but there's some moments at work. There's some character stuff. That's fun. It's fine. 
Yeah, I think that this movie is a a fun movie. There's a lot of funny things and it's kind of silly and it doesn't take itself too seriously. I don't think, or maybe it does. And it just doesn't do that very well. Uh, There's a lot of just funny little moments in this. Um, I would have liked, again, I, I, I I do like Kimberly Sustad and I would have liked to have seen her more with her romantic interest. I like those two together. Um, I, I am not sure why Kimberly keeps getting uh, sister, sister too, um, and keeps getting only, 10% of the screen time. I don't know why that keeps happening. I'm a fan of hers. I would have liked to have seen more of that. But I say all of that to say this. It was a fun movie. It's not going to make my top five. It probably wouldn't even make my top 10. But I didn't hate it. I was watching it. I was having a good time. And that's what I want out of these movies. I did have a good, an actively good time watching this movie. And that's all I can really ask for. Yeah, it's very clear that everyone involved in this movie was having fun. (laughs) That's right. Like They were clearly having fun making this movie. It's a shame that the movie still sucks uh, because that you know at least they got paid for this. This is this is a, a borderline bottom five for me. Wow! Um, it, all, everyone is miscast in this movie, save for Kimberly Sustad, which we can talk about later. She did do it, get a lead role, and that movie is beloved. And I don't know why it's beloved. Nine Lives of Christmas, um, but she's much, it's awesome. She's much better in these roles. Aaron Krako is the... Don't forget Godwink. That's right, Godwink. I actually said that to you guys. She did do Godwink as well. Yeah, I kind of just forget about Godwink. Yeah, I try my best to whenever I can. It wasn't great. But Aaron Krako is the definition of controlled fun in real life. Like, she, she, like, to me, is someone who is like, as long as we're in our box, let's have fun. And so she doesn't work. And then Luke McFarlane... We, he is, look, he's a stone cold fox. He's Luke McCharman on this show. Yeah, he is. This is not a role for this guy to play. Um, he's either, well, he is the worst CEO of all time. Yes, we yes. can talk about that yeah. later. Um, but there's just not enough, like, you can't be Mr. Businessman and wear a cardigan as a suit top. Like, you can't do those two things. <laughs> and, and, and so I just, it was like the quirky friend that you don't want to call your friend or hang out with. It was a really, really bad <laughs> movie, and I did not like it at all. She's this the type is, of person where when you go to a party and yeah. you see her there, you're like, I do remember her. Oh, no. <laughs> and why don't we hang out more? Oh, I hung out with her for five yeah, minutes. I remember, like, it's oh, no for me. I remember now. I, this movie really digs to the soul of why I hate these movies. Like, it's everything that people would like about this movie. I just found to be cloying and annoying and terrible. And, and... Really, on top of that, it's a shame because when we looked at this movie, we thought it had really possibilities considering who yeah, all was involved absolutely. with The only measure by which this movie succeeds is, is of the weekend, you had CCB, you had Lacey, and you had this movie, and this movie's the best of it's those the three, best yes, of the three in my opinion. So that's the only me- like you know measure where I would call this a success. The rest of it was really, really bad. Sure. Uh, it's time for all the feels. It's part of the show where we talk about one this movie gave us those feels. Panda, did he get any? Yeah, I, only one, though. Okay. Uh, and it's not really a Christmas feel as much as a sympathetic feel. Uh, <laughs> like, she uh, she assumes that uh, Luke is dating another girl, and she's sad, and she's eating a plate of cookies. And I felt that in my soul, because there's been many times where I've been very sad, and I've just sat down with... A, <laughs> Like goldfish crackers, and I've eaten way too many of them. Uh, and and somebody looks at me, and they're like, "What are you doing?" And I'm just like, "You don't want to say it, but you're sad eating and shame eating." Well, yeah, there's that too. I've shame me. I, I I eat my emotions and feelings. Eat your I'm, feelings. I do. That's uh, what my, I tell my toddlers to do that. 
You're upset. Eat a feeling. Here you go. Have yeah. Some food. <laughs> uh, and I'm pretty sure somebody told me to do that as a kid and I just never stopped. You just kept eating your feelings. Uh, when I'm buddy. happy, I eat. When I'm sad, I eat. I just, I don't want to stop. And so I felt that when she was sitting there with that plate of cookies, like deep in my soul, I was like, oh, yeah. 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 And then I felt that so much that I wanted to eat. I think you're just trying to lay off bread right now and it's coming through in the podcast. Golly, guys, this is killing me. I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah, you're doing great, buddy. Alonzo? <laughs> No, I hear you, Panda. We've all we've all been there. We've all had that plate of cookies. Uh, I have a couple. Um, the I had to say the the way that Luke McFarlane looks at Aaron Krako when that tree lighting happens. Mm. There's a spark there. There's a he's conveying this moment of like you feel something kind of come alive in him, and and it, it's a fleeting bit. But I was like, oh, okay, that you're selling me that. That's you're you're acting it. Um, and then as dopey as the whole. I saw this print out about the screenwriting class and I thought you were going to commit to the party planning business bleh, argument was <laughs> when they reconcile and Kimberly Sussex says, look, I want you to know you're my sister. Whatever happens, I love you. I was like, well, that's, that's sweet. Yeah. So yeah, I'll give them those. Two All right. Um, I didn't get a lot of Christmas feels in this movie. I do feel like the, the for some reason they went back to back movies, uh, Rome. And then this one with just not a lot of Christmas. Like I know there was a lot of Christmas decorations. There was Christmas party, but not a lot of Christmas is going on for me in this movie. I got a, uh, the, I got a, I got the laughy feels. Anytime the European couple was on oh, screen, yeah. I just thought they were a riot. Um, and then I got business partner feels. <laughs> yes. That's right. Yep. And then I got a uh, business partner feels because I do think um, uh, I am Aaron Krako and uh, Dan is uh, Kimberly Sustad. And I, I felt that a lot in this movie. He, he looked at me. And just a lot of like a lot of disappointment. <laughs> a lot of disappointment. And I'm like, I get that, Aaron. I get it 100%. Sense. He looked at me 20 minutes in and he goes, I'm Aaron Krako and you're Kimberly Sustad. Isn't, isn't that right? And I went, kind of right, Bran. It's kind of right. Uh, and yeah, I would buy that. Bran's the blue sky guy. You That's need right. the big idea person. Yeah, he's and then the, you the big idea and like, I'm the know, guy that tells him to. Functional. Yeah, I'm the guy that tells him to write those free form ideas into a spreadsheet, yeah. apparently, like Luke McFarlane yeah, does right. in this movie, <laughs> right. which we can talk about later. I did not get a whole lot of feels in this movie. I do think that Sustad and Krako work well together. I think, like, scenes with those two and no one else are probably better than anything else in the movie. My only feels was, like, they literally make Luke McFarlane cousin Eddie in this movie. And how can you not appreciate that on a deep level that this guy's name is Ed. They call him Ed. He has a cousin and they call each other. He is cousin Eddie. That is like that had to be on purpose. That cannot be by accident. Right. I think it's out of, I think that's an Austin thing though. I think the, the, the that name and those character relationships she did at first, but you know, maybe she invented cousin Eddie. I yeah. Guess. Maybe Christmas vacation Asian. stole from Austin. Austin. Now that would I be, think that's true. I that's, love that. Either way, that was my only feel. Uh, we, it's time for the wait, what part of the show is when we talk about what this movie made us go way, what panda, what you got, buddy, man, I got just, a Hey, how are you? Hey, great. Good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Well, thank go, you. Go that was sweet. Thank you. Uh, first of all, Luke Mc, McCharman here, uh, I guess his name's Edward in the, the show. I should probably call him Edward, but here's the deal. He gets really excited about macaroon, uh, I mean, really irrationally excited. He goes, ho, 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 when looking at the macaroon, uh, which I don't know if anyone's ever gotten that excited about a macaroon before. And I just have questions about the macaroon, just have thoughts about it. I don't know 
I, I was confused by that. Uh, second of all, Alonzo. I, I figured maybe, maybe he was a keto guy and it was like any cookie at all. Ho, ho, ho. I'm going to cheat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he just, the passion that man thought toward, I just I had questions about it. It's just like you thoughts. and bread right now. Man, I want some bread. Uh, <laughs> the other question I have is uh, about the accents of our our favorite oh, uh, European couples. Where from Europe are they? They're like, from all of it. They, every scene they tried out a different accent. Like that's what they did. You have some French. They're from mainland, mainland Western Europovia. That's where they're from. I, I, I I just have questions. I, I dare you to define where they're from. Like it, it's it's they fascinating. Are, here's what they are. I can tell you. They Aldovia. are say where? What'd you say? Aldovia. 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 You know the Aldovians. I love the Aldovians. Famous for their British like nature, except for kind of French accents. Here's the thing. They here's what happened. Those are Canadian actors because they they filmed this in Canada. Luke McFarlane's Canadian. Those are Canadian actors that thought, you know what? I've talked to some French Canadians before. I can do this. I can do this accent. Oof. And instead, the, their friend, we could all do what they did right. in the movie. The, 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 none of what they did took any training at all. It's embarrassingly bad. It's, and I, I, it's I just, rough. It got it's to the embarrassing point, bad. It's so bad. It's, it's embarrassing. embarrassing. Oh, oh, no. Oh. Um, it wasn't great. Oh. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, it almost got to the point, but by the last time we saw the Laurents, they were my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, they were. So yeah, absolutely. I could riot. not wait till they got back on the oh screen. Oh, gosh. Uh, and finally, I'm confused about why her wanting to do a screenwriting workshop is a problem at all. Uh, because workshops are by nature short. Uh, and Didn't they say it was a six week thing. I don't know. Sure. It was in New York. Yeah, it was. Oh. It, she had to travel, and I think it was a six-week thing. Okay, a six-week yeah. workshop. Yeah. Okay, well, that, that means she a little wants bit. to be a professional screenwriter. I mean, she doesn't want to be a professional party planner. That was the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I get that, but like, I just I failed to see how teaching a workshop on anything means that you want to be a professional this, but not that. If that mm. makes sense. Like, I just I had questions about it. Uh, we could talk about. I, I I can see why if you're the one that's saying, hey, we need to take this to yeah. the next level. And then if you're and taking I, six weeks off, I would have problems yeah, if with If Brand that. and I are, say, running a business. Sure. And you said you wanted to go take six weeks of mime classes. I would probably have a problem with that. Like, hypothetically. Yeah, that that has that's not a true story. <laughs> <laughs> but I do need to I do need to talk to you after this. Alonzo, do you have any? Uh, oh yeah, one or two. Um, <laughs> I, I got a list. Okay, first of all, why is Edward uh, on the cover of a magazine where the story is about how he's the worst CEO? Yeah, ever? yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is that magazine? That is number one on my list right there. <laughs> Like, yes, please put me in your magazine so you can then write about how I'm failing. Yeah, he traditionally there's an agreement with magazines where they're going to make you look good. No, no, no. He got tricked into a hit piece here. (laughs) Yeah, totally. He did the cover of Gotcha magazine. Yeah, got him. Uh, okay, that whole first party makes zero sense. So, first of all, like. We established that Aaron Krako is a partner in this business and yet has no idea how anything works. She wants to fob all the, the actual responsibilities off on her sister, which I guess we're trying to set that up as her character thing. But it just felt like, if nothing else, the sister would be smart enough to know that 
Sustin would be smart enough to know that Krakow is not to be trusted with anything, you know? Mm-hmm. So they're doing the checklist at the venue minutes before the party starts, which they should have done way earlier. And then all the party planners are attending the party and hanging out and like drinking cocktails and not running around and checking on the caterers and doing their actual job. Mm -hmm. Um, I wrote down one that just says that hat. (laughs) (laughs) You know who owns a hat like that? Panda. I sure do. Panda can pull that hat off. Luke McFarlane cannot. Yeah, yeah you were right here first, guys. Alonzo Absolutely. Dinaldi. He forgot you owned a hat. He covered his bases. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, I remember that. McFarlane, I'm sorry. You can. There's a lot you can do, but you are no panda when it comes to that. That's yes. right. Yes. Print that. I love it. Mm, man. All right, so uh, I got... That it has has never occurred to a toy company to focus group with children. It's like, no, he deserves that article about what a terrible executive he is. Yeah, Yeah, he's not great. great. His dad did it for years, and it worked out until he took over. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then just some other minor stuff, like, you know, the old double-booked Christmas party at the venue, Mm. like in Holiday for Heroes. You know, you would think that, like, if Hallmark allegedly has this thing where, like, people write these scripts and then they have to go through the Hallmark Christmas department to make sure there's enough, like, cookies and, you know, tree lightings in them, you'd think we wouldn't get the same thing in so many movies. Like, th- this is the double-booked party location, uh, both um, uh, 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 Christmas duet and our Christmas love song same. and the whole yeah. gotta ditch the local thing because I'm doing a big show with a famous person on the same night. Like it's like, come on, y'all, let's let's maybe mix and match a little better here. Mm, yeah, no, yeah, I feel yeah, that for sure. Um, so I have a, a couple. Uh, one, uh, I'm this movie takes place in Chicago, correct? Correct, correct? Yes. Chicago. Um, what's going on with that Christmas tree lighting? Because it looks as if the Christmas tree lighting takes place in a back alley somewhere yeah, yeah, yeah. With, yeah. there's like a Christmas market and the Christmas tree lighting and you know where they hold those in Chicago the bean the back alley no, right. no, I know we have the bean I know we have the beautiful yeah. park see throw it in the back alley you know, you know Chicago's a windy city if yes. they put it out there that's the true wind it blows just it, over. it over that's, that's right the issue. you gotta do it in the back alley in the back alley where the wind tunnel is um, the, the uh, her, her, Kimberly Sustad is very very proud of her sister for finding a place to live on her own with a two-year lease and i don't know why like why is she so proud you're in your mid-30s yes and congratulations a a two-year lease seems reckless for somebody who clearly is not so sure about her future she she's like i don't know if i'm going to be party planning parties two-year lease though i want to be locked in uh and then last why is that board member on the board he's not a good person (laughs) no he's not he's not paying his invoices on time he's horrible to work for let's get him on the board yeah this is the toys the worst misunderstanding ever because it's not a misunderstanding like luke mcfarland handles it all wrong but literally we're watching this movie and he goes yeah they wouldn't be suitable for you and we're going to commercial and i'm like what could possibly be the reasoning and i said as we go to commercial i said is he just a terrible person and he doesn't pay yeah and then he's either he's either an alcoholic yeah or he doesn't pay his invoices alcoholic or he's terrible and doesn't pay why is he on the board? Why, yeah. Still, if you love Aaron Krako, you don't say they're unsuitable. You go, yeah, I don't know if they're right for you. Or you say something much nicer. Unsuitable is the worst word you could you use. use. Oh. Yeah. 
It, it, there, it's, there's no, yeah, it's just, he's not great on his feet. No, yeah, he's not great on his feet. No. Good thing he's a CEO. Yeah. Say they're book solid. You know, that's yeah, all they're you book yeah, solid. Yeah. They are booked for the new year. Happy 30th, but it's a no-go. Yeah. Anything else, really? You think he's 30? You know, 30th anniversary. Oh, so if he's 30, he's seen some things, yes, man. And some stuff. Sheesh. His poor wife. I didn't think about this until you mentioned the two-year lease, but like if the movie ends with her and McFarlane getting together and like they get married, she is saddled with that yeah. apartment for a long she time. The two-year lease man. is reckless. She's got a sublet. It's a reckless lease. Based upon Luke McFarlane's ever-expanding house, I think she's going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> and that that is... One of my wait what's, which we can segue nicely, his house becomes a banquet hall. It like, does. yes. The house massive. that she comes in and puts the tree up in is not the same venue that they hold the party at at the end of the movie unless they knock down some load bearing walls. Like, unless. Tree house. That's right. Yeah, it just the wind. That's right. It just keeps moving. I don't understand how like there's a real loaves and fishes situation happening here. Yeah. Because at the end of the movie, that is a different experience than the first time that they're in that house. Um, four boneheaded lines in this movie. Uh, we can go just knock them out real quick. When I meet someone worth it, then I'll take the risk. That's not how risks work. You have to risk to see if they're worth it, not the other way around. <laughs> Uh, son, make sure you're relational with these people. They make their decisions based on gut feelings, not on statistics. Look, I'm as a, a, a gut reaction guy as anybody. I trust my gut. But if you have a massive company, you're looking at some data somewhere. You're not just going to go, yeah, let's do it. Um, to dream big, we have to aim big. That's the same thing. Dreaming big is dreaming for something that's higher than what you have. It doesn't mean to do something separate. And then lastly, and maybe I just missed something here. Uh, he, he says, Ed says to her, uh, I know your type, Frosty the Snowman. What, what did I miss there? It's a running gag through the film where he's talking about like, oh, is Santa Claus more your type or maybe it's. Krampus, I forget who else, but it's been mentioned once or okay. twice before. Right. It doesn't, the payoff means nothing, and it Zero. doesn't joke means nothing. Yeah, but it is at least a reference to something that happened earlier. Yeah, don't understand it. Um, they rave about in the original Wabash uh, venue the the stained glass ceiling, how beautiful it is. But when you go in there, all we see is this little dome and only like one line of stained glass. Like right, one little like. Mm. It, I don't see it at all. I wanted to see it. You talked it up. Um, they're putting a Christmas tree in Ed's house. They clearly don't have a Christmas tree stand attached to said tree, and it's supposed to create some nice Keystone Cops moments, I guess, with the tree going back and forth. Like, what is going on in that scene? And is there a stand there? Because is there a stand in the floorboard? Because yeah. <laughs> if not, that, that that is the there is no Christmas tree stand. So either they balanced it perfectly or they magically got. I, I don't understand that scene. I, no, at all. Like. Doesn't make any sense. Some houses have pre-installed bookshelves. This one has a <laughs> hole in the floor for yeah. a Christmas time. Yeah, yeah. He's not festive at all. The whole house is just white paint. And he's like, but I did get the Christmas tree stand pre-installed just in case I go festive. I know you're being facetious there, but yeah. that is a great idea. No, that's yeah. 
Take that to the bank. Like, um, Christmas tree stands are the worst. I hate them. Yeah. Uh, Ed explains how a business plan works, except he doesn't explain how it works at all. He basically shows her some pie charts and graphs and goes, all you got to do is input your free form ideas in here and you got yourself a business plan. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. What if you put, I want to be the best uh, party planner in the world. If you put that into an Excel spreadsheet, it's just going to, Come out with nothing. Like, that's not how that works at all. I'm sorry. Um, I know I've ranted about it already, but I hate when people don't bring enough pizza for the party. Yeah. And uh, Brandon, oh, Cousin Eddie's cousin, Brandon, they send him out for food, and there's four or five employees plus the two sisters plus the two cousins. There's eight of them. He comes in with two boxes that are maybe this big. Like he brought a couple couple of personal pan pizzas in for the party. And I just, for the life of me, don't understand it. And those are my weight ones. Great. That's Uh, how you know this movie was shot in Canada and not in Chicago. That's right. It's all about the little mini pizzas in Chicago. Yeah. You get the the 15 pound deep disher. That's what it's going to take 45 minutes, no matter what time you order. Mm -hmm. Um, it's time for what the homework before we do. I just want you to like the mime camp is going to be a big deal for me for you. And so I just want, we I Are just you keep an open the mind mime camp, the keep an open mind. Yeah. <laughs> do that bit. Yeah. I love it. Did you, did you did, is, are you saying miming is your new dream? Or are you more of an interpretive movement boy? I'm just saying it's, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a new dream. It, Would you say that you feel like our business partnership and this business has put you in so, somewhat of a glass case of emotion? Yeah. Yeah. And I just need, I need to break out. And so take just, a chance, make yeah, a change. I'm letting you go on a break golf. Away. I'm letting you go on a golf trip during the summer. That I golf just want, trip is two days and pre-play. Okay. The mind <laughs> camp is two weeks, but <laughs> just give me this chance. Panda to, to be fair. I'm actually teaching the course. Whoa. I used to be in mind. That actually is not a, yeah. Yeah. which no, is the best not. part about this. Um, it's time for what the homework is. Probably sure. We wonder what could have been, what maybe happened. Get some clarity. Panda. Uh, I really want to know more about Stanley, the bad board member. I know that's like, I love that guy. Uh, he comes in like a hurricane, like he's a Stanley, Stanley. Stanley. And he comes in just like a hurricane. Like he's just like, Hey, I've got a 30 year anniversary. Why don't we make it happen? I don't know about this guy. He, he's a schmuck, but I like him. Uh, and I just, (laughs) he's, I just, I want more of Stanley. He's reckless and wild he intrigues me i hate him wow. and i love him i Man. just i need more stanley in my life yeah Man. but less stanley in my life sure. interestingly that's right you get it um for me i think it's just ferris wheel toys uh in yeah. general uh i i've seen a few of the toys you've got uh, uh like a what appears to be a uh like a doll and very generic toys was there a toy that they created that really launched them into the toy world that we don't know yeah. about the teddy bear that they then discontinued. Right. <laughs> so I just want like, what is their, what's their thing? What like, I would have assumed a Ferris wheel toy, yeah. but I, I don't think that it's is a Ferris a, bear. It's the Ferris. It. Yeah, I know, Ferris but bear. what, but what, like they don't do that. Is there more? What have they been doing? Usually these toy companies put out a big toy yeah, every yeah, yeah. Uh, holiday season yeah. and it's the big push. What are they doing? What are they doing? What are they doing? What are I don't they know. Doing? They're being very tight-lipped, straight-laced, in the box, no kids allowed for their toy company. That's yeah. what they've been doing. Yeah. Dan? That's all I got. Um, so Chicago Weekly is the magazine right. that did the hit piece on Eddie. Um, and 
I, I have a lot of questions. Obviously, they did a hit piece on the guy who's on the front cover. They make him look great and tell you how bad he is. But my bigger question is there's a little gold emblem on the front of that magazine that says CEO edition. Right. <laughs> and I want to know if that's a big seller for Chicago Weekly. If, who in the past has made the CEO edition? Has it been a hit piece on somebody else that's famous? Like, that's a really weird edition for a magazine to have called Chicago we- Weekly. That's all I'm yeah, saying. It is. Uh, Alonzo, you're our guest. You have the final word. Uh, you know, this one just kind of had me wondering in the larger sense of things, what would it be like in one of these movies if somebody threw a party and they chose a theme other than Winter Wonderland? What? Because it's always Winter Wonderland. Yeah, that, always. that would be crazy <laughs> if they did that. I don't what is even in the warehouse that is a Christmas theme that isn't like, you know, a bunch of trees and some nice lighting? Like, you know, we, we just saw uh, 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 the Holiday Hearts did the same thing. Like, I've seen so many Winter Wonderland parties on this channel. Uh, it really, blow my mind, Hallmark, and go with, like, I don't know, Babes in Toyland, something. Man, yeah, I like it. That, yeah, I agree I completely. Agree with that. Yeah. Uh, it's time uh, for the end of the show. It's time uh, for the end of the show. Wow. Can you believe it? It's here. It's uh, we wild. do have a patron of the week, but before we get there, Alonzo, tell everybody about how they can uh, find you. You are a patron, so thank you so much, but tell everybody about how they can find your, your things, the things that you write. You write amazing things. I always, when I want to go to a movie, I always look up uh, your reviews, and so tell everybody about how they can find your stuff thanks Bran. uh I, you can find me on twitter at a duralde a d as in david u r a l d e uh i'm the reviews editor at the rap which is t-h-e-w-r-a-p.com uh i co-host the podcast linoleum knife breakfast all day and who shot ya and uh my book have yourself a movie little christmas is uh, available on amazon in print form and as a kindle and if you are a patreon member uh you cannot avoid me on the facebook page that's right mm. that's exactly right uh, uh speak of your reviews a couple weeks ago we were on a plane and uh dan and i watched uh, anna the Imp- anna and the apocalypse we did and i was just thinking i can't possibly be the only person who like loves this movie and so the only thing i could think to do was to to google your review of the movie and I'm happy that you enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, I'm with you on that it's one. A hoop. Uh, guys, who do we got today? Oh, we got two. Well, no, we don't, actually don't. We've got Megan Wright and we've got Hallmark in real life. Megan. Megan Wright and then Hallmark, Hallmark in, in real, real life. life. Hallmark in real life is a, is a blog uh-huh. and they're super awesome. Basically, this girl and her name is also Megan mm-hmm. in real life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she experiences the Hallmark thing. Like she'll, if like a movie is about whatever she goes and tries to experience that and writes about it. Mm. And she's also a patron of the show. So you can say Megan, right. And Megan is her name, but she Hallmark in real life is who the patron is. Okay. Hallmark in real life, Megan and Megan. All right. So what's fascinating about the two Megans is before Megan uh, started her blog, Hallmark in real life, uh, she actually uh, ran another blog that a lot of people don't know about. Uh, Her and the other Megan did, and it was called uh, big beef. Big beef. Big beef. So I assume, and I I don't want to jump the gun here because I think I might get kind of bamboozled, but uh, big beef or when two people have a beef, but it's big, it makes the news. That's what big beef is? Uh, You you would think so. No, this is about cows, isn't it? This is profiling. uh, No. Okay. Uh, uh, Fights between cattle ranchers. (laughs) Okay. Fights between cattle ranchers. Okay. All right. I had the the sneaking suspicion I was going to get bamboozled, and I did. And so, what you mean to tell me is, is that two girls named Megan, yeah, started a website devoted to when two cattle ranchers 
have a fight against right. each other. Right, yeah, absolutely. Now, give me some prime examples. No pun intended. <laughs> give me some prime examples. Or maybe when one cattle member had a few choice words for another, um, depending on their, their cut of the profits. <laughs> give, give, me, give me just some different uh, times when this has been a problem. Uh, so there, there was one time there was a land dispute. Yeah. Uh, they were arguing over the best, uh, best land, obviously. No, was this more of a, a, of a ground? Like they were actual ground or was this a lean that one of them was, well, uh, that's trying what, to what get put up, what put up a post on the other one. Uh, those, the thing you just mentioned is very rare. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, uh, I mean, listen, it's, it, there's a lot of different fights you could talk about, man. Yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah. Uh, it, you have one where uh, somebody stole a cow uh, okay. from another one. That makes sense. Uh, and uh, but I, I just want to mention the quality of of this blog because it, is, it was a great blog. It, Can they, I, and I just want to. So Megan and Hallmark in real life, Megan, yeah. they do this blog together. Is that what you're yeah, trying yeah, to say? They, they, it was very well done. No, but they don't do it anymore because Hallmark in real life is now the, the it's blog. taken off. Right. Yeah. No. And it's taken off and rightfully yeah. so it's a smaller demographic that was reading the cow. I, I read it yeah. continually. Why, why did big beef shut it down? Well, there's several reasons. First of did all, they have beef. They, they had some beef. Okay. Uh, Megan and, and Megan, Megan and Megan. Oh, I hate that. Uh, I, hate that. I, I hate it as well, but like and, with Megan, <laughs> <laughs> like any good Hallmark, friendship though they got back together at the end it all worked out now they sponsor us on patreon each again separately. again patreon is not a sponsorship it is not you keep saying it but it's uh -huh. not no no no, no but they do though deck the homework is not brought to you by megan and megan it's, it's presented what? by we're, not, we're not pbs kids no okay so you're wrong did, but did did they ever did they ever never mind just Wrap it up. <laughs> I, no, I have nothing more to say about it. Well, Megan and Megan, beef. thank you so much. Thanks for starting Big Beef, and thank you for writing on the Hallmark in Real Life. Seriously, check out the Hallmark in Real Life blog. It's wonderful. It's great. Um, we did it. Alonzo, can, yes, can I tell you something? I, I want you guys to do the traditional uh, end of the show in the voice of the Laurent. Oh, I like and that. And we it. be the first, first to tell you a Merry Christmas. Deck the Hallmark is a Bramble Jam podcast presented by Friendly TV. It's produced by Brandon Gray and recorded live in beautiful Greenville, South Carolina at the flagship property studios on East Coffee Street. For more information, go to deckthehallmark.com.